Hear that or... I don't hear anything. You're good. Yeah, there's some crazy thunder and lightning outside of my house right now. Really? Oh, shit. That's not good. Oh, and yeah, try and avoid cursing as much as possible just because yeah, yeah. don't need to get. Yeah, yeah. Try and end that. All right. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to season two of Outside the Arena. Uh, of course, I'm Griffin Senek. You guys know me, the star of the show. No more Macarama. We kicked them out. We don't like him anymore. Um, all jokes aside, though, we got our new co-host in while Mac is out. Uh, a good friend of mine we've met a few years ago on a trip. We've stayed close since. He's just as big a sports fan, so I knew I had to get someone who is right on my level who can go back and forth with me. Um, you know, he's a Philly fan, so I know we had, you know, an, a Cowboys guy before. Now we got an Eagles guy, so we had to stay within the NFC East with, you know, a, a crazy passionate fan. But my good buddy, Rob Goldberger. Rob, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to the audience, tell, you, tell them a little about yourself and, and whatnot. Hey guys, I'm Rob. I'm a junior. I'm a big Philly sports fan, as uh, Griffin said. I live just outside of Philly. I'm an Eagle season ticket holder. Uh, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm a junior. Uh, me and Griff met a while back. We've spent a lot of time together over the summers, I would say. And so yep. we know each other pretty well, and I'm happy that he asked me to do this. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Um, back to weekly episodes, guys. I know we took last weekend off, but we will be back. And for anyone, you know, Rob, that's obviously going to bring a new audience as well. We're not really, you know, in Philly right now and in that area. So for, uh, you know, Rob's friends, Rob's family, whatnot, you know, welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you. Weekly sports episodes. You'll see them live here on YouTube. It's also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go check us out there outside the arena in both those spots. But yeah, we'll be back weekly episodes. Mac Rommel, we're still going to have him contributing. I know Rob and Mac don't really know each other, but Mac's still a big part of this. He's still one of the founders. He'll be on from time to time as well as, you know, he'll contribute each week. He'll give his predictions during the season. But for now, um, we're kind of just going to jump right back into the swing of things. There's been a lot of stuff going on. I mean, this week specifically, I know tonight there is a UFC fight and uh, there's big potential that one of those guys will be coming on this podcast very soon. Stay tuned to the bantamweight ultimate fighter fight. Um, we're, we're rooting for our guy. Uh, we're not going to say his name. It's one of Brady. He said or Ricky Teresa's, but um, one of those two will be hopefully coming on, assuming they win. Hopefully they can get the win. Um, we got the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight on Sunday. I mean, real quick, we're not going to talk about it much, Bob, Rob, but you know, what do you think? Who, who, do you think JP, the prom child will be knocking out Woodley or, or do you think Woodley is just going to be too much to beat? Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Jake Paul. I have to Jake say, Paul. because I, I've been feeling. Uh, go ahead. Against him, the last fight, I really thought he was going to get knocked out. He didn't. I was shocked, and I don't know if I can bet against him again. Yeah, I mean, Jake Paul has definitely proved a lot of people wrong. I mean, the Askren fight. I mean, when you look back on it, yeah, it was kind of you know, who ben, yeah, who he was and the whole deal. It was pretty stupid to think that Ben Askren was going to go. I mean, the accolades of him as a world the, champion. I, I just what were you gonna say? Fight yeah. Well, I think that's what I think that's what we're gonna see with Woodley. I mean, Woodley, you know, he's done a good job with the press this week. I mean, I watched the face to face. He honestly, you know, kind of kind of killed that. He, I think he won that by a good margin. He's been calm, cool. I mean, obviously there was the thing with his mom, but he seems to be in a good spot. He looked good on the pads. Obviously, pads don't mean much, but you know, it it looks like you'd want to say Woodley's the world champion. 
You got to remember, though, he's almost he's basically 40 years old. He's lost his last like four or so fights. Obviously, he was fighting the best in the world. Kamaru Usman, Col- Colby Covington, to name a few. I mean, those are two of the top guys in, in the world. But, you know, he is on a downslide. That said, I, I don't know. I just feel like Woodley, I, it's going to be a different fight for Jake Paul. This isn't going to be a, a first round KO type thing. I mean, we're going to see this fight. We're going to yep. see this fight go at least a few rounds here. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, Woodley's never boxed really before. I think that will, you know, be a negative towards him. It is different. It's a different style. You can't knee, you can't kick, you can't wrestle. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, Woodley's got, you know, that big right hand. That's what he's known for. So we'll see. Honestly, right now, I would say I'm leaning Woodley. Um, he looks really comp. He looks really confident. I like his demeanor right now on fight week. He made weight. He looks in fantastic shape. He didn't have to cut weight, too. I mean, when he was going down to welterweight, he was killing himself to get to that weight. So now he had no cut, essentially. He's going to be fresh, which I does do think is, is pretty big. I mean, he's not do, taking a toll on his body the day before. Um, so I don't know. I like Woodley, but, I mean, I can easily see Jake Paul winning this thing. Yeah, I, I'm just not going to bet against Jake Paul again. He's going to make me look stupid. <laughs> I, well, I can't blame you there. I think it's going to be a great fight on Showtime pay-per-view tomorrow night, Sunday in Cleveland, Ohio. I got the Cleveland roots myself. So uh, that'll be a fun show to watch for sure. But uh, moving on, we're going to go talk about the NFL. That's really what we do here for you newcomers. NFL preseason. Obviously, most of the games have wrapped up. I believe today the Packers and Bills um, are going to play. I mean, there's a few games actually today. So the next two days, we'll see teams wrap up their preseason schedule. Um, But so far, I mean, it's been pretty, pretty good. We've seen a lot of new quarterbacks come in these rookie quarterbacks i mean i know my jet zach wilson he had a very good performance against the packers We've seen trevor lawrence a few times now so rob what are your kind of thoughts on some of these you know initial performances obviously it's tough to no, say I too think- much it's it's preseason, but you know what do you think uh so far of some of these guys rookie quarterbacks so far early on bring up the jaguars quarterback situation for a second because they yeah. had throat that they traded garter Minshew for a sixth round pick right so essentially what that means is they've had a guy who they valued at, at, at a day three pick be competing with Trevor Lawrence all summer. And I'm not really sure I understand the logic behind that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, on that trade that happened today, Garner Minty obviously going to uh, your Philadelphia Eagles who, where he's apparently going to be the third string quarterback, which is interesting to yeah. say the least, but um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, I think competition is always a good thing. I think that's kind of what you have to take out of that situation that, you know, if they just gave Trevor Lawrence, if they told Trevor Lawrence day one, hey, this is your job. I mean, he might not put in as much work in camp. You might not see him go as 100% as he might need to. So I think, you know, with that, I think it's really just the coaching, you know, strategy, just to try and get Trevor Lawrence to really work hard, not feel entitled and feel like he has to work for everything. I think it's a good idea. I don't think Minshew was ever in a serious competition. I don't think this was ever a close battle. Um, And I'm not saying that's what you were saying at all, but. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I think we're having a little uh, Wi-Fi difficulty, but we're good now. Um, You're good. Don't worry about it, Rob. It's just like a little delay, I think, or whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, rookie quarterbacks, obviously we had the Minshew thing. He's gone now. So Trevor Lawrence is the clear starter. Um, so what are your thoughts on some of these guys so far? Looks like uh, Andy Dalton's going to be starting week one, presumably. Uh, yep. I'm very much so a Justin Fields fan. I, I think he was the second best quarterback in the draft. I know you might not like to hear that because, you know, you went with Zach Wilson at two. 
no, I, I think Fields. I mean, I was an I'm an Ohio State boy, so you know, I I do feel like Fields was definitely the number two guy. I mean, I think that the whole narrative that got overhyped before the draft that you know Justin Fields might have been the last QB in the first round taken was yeah. it was ludicrous. I mean, it was it was insane. You see the performance he put on against Clemson the year before. I mean, I know he had a bad game against. Northwestern, the Indiana game, people like to bring up, but just as many good games as bad games and way more good games and bad games. But yeah, go ahead with what you're going to say. So I think Justin Fields is going to be outstanding. And the other guy who I really wasn't a fan of pre-draft, but I've kind of grown to like him. I think Mac Jones is going to be a very good quarterback in the league. I think he'll probably sit behind Cam for most of this season, if not the whole season. I think he's going to learn a few things. I think he's been dealing against both the Patriots twos and threes. And he was dicing up. I saw, personally, the Eagles twos and threes last week. He made them look stupid. But, yeah, I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. And I think the Patriots are going to find great value at 15. And I think he'll, you know, make the most of his strengths in that Patriots system. Yeah, Mac Jones has done good so far. I mean, you hear things that they're very frustrated internally with Cam Newton. He obviously had the thing that I don't know what it exactly was, but the situation in which he was, you know, forced to miss five days, I believe it was due to some, you know, COVID interaction or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, it already seems like they're trying to get Cam Newton out. They're not too happy with him. And, you know, Mac Jones, I think he's in a spot where I know you said, yeah, um, you think, you know, Cam will kind of be the guy from us here. I, I disagree with that. I think, you know, yeah. we're going to see Cam Newton start the season. Um, but personally, I just don't think Cam Newton's too good either. I just don't think he's going to be playing good enough. Um, if they already don't like him, it doesn't seem to me like it's going to take a lot for Bill to pull the string and say, you know, Mac, you're up. Um, so I think Cam, you know, he'll get some starts, but I just – I know people are want to blame the COVID and whatnot that he had last year for his bad performance. He just hasn't been elite since that MVP season. He hasn't been the same guy. And, you know, injuries have taken their toll. Sure, absolutely. But he, you just can't expect that guy, and, and I don't want to hear it anymore. He's not a good quarterback anymore. He's not that guy. Um, so especially with this hatred with Belichick – or not Belichick, but just the whole system, it seems like, with the Patriots. I think Mac Jones will be in there pretty quickly. Like you said – same for me. I didn't, I wasn't too high on him coming into the draft, but he played good. I mean, he's done what he's, he's done what he's known for. And he's made, you know, he makes those passes. He's not going to be a guy who throws the ball too deep down the field. He's efficient. Um, he's, you know, that's what, that's what he is. He's that's, that's the Mac Jones play style. He's not a guy who's going to scramble out of the pocket. I mean, you know what you're getting and he's performed like that. He's not played worse. He's not played, you know, exceptionally different. He's done what he had to. And uh, you know, good for Mac Jones um, real quick. Another guy I want to touch on, yeah, I mentioned it briefly, um, but Zach Wilson of the Jets in that Packers game. I mean, that was an exceptional performance. Um, you know, after the after you want to say touch in, jump in. Yeah, I was high on Wilson as well. I was a big Zach Wilson fan coming out. I thought my top four quarterbacks were Lawrence, obviously at the top, Fields, then I had Wilson, and then Lance. I, I think those guys probably should have gone with the top four picks. I understand the Falcon. So I'm getting a little off topic here, but I understand. No, you're good going with uh, Pitts, but I think quarterback would have been perfect for them there. Lance or Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to – Kyle Pitts is a guy I think everyone has their eye on this year. I mean, fantasy-wise and um, just, you know, talent-wise, you know, we've never seen a tight end come in with this much, um, you know, praise and whatnot. So it's super interesting to see what happens. You know, Wilson for me was a guy who, you know, looking into the draft, I I was a Fields guy, number two. I mean, I think, you know, even me and Mac talked about it um, when we were discussing the draft, but, you know, neither of us were too high on Lawrence. We felt like there's flaws in his game that, you know, for him to be declared the the greatest prospect, one of the best, most consensus number one of all time. Um, I disagreed with it. Um, I didn't think he was, you know, I don't think he's this 
super almighty, um, you know, got young quarterback. I think he's going to be great in the league. I think he'll be good. I don't think he's going to be a, a Pat Mahomes type superstar though. Did you have him as your number one prospect? I did have him as the number one guy just because, you know, Justin Fields, uh, as good as he is, um, I think I, for me, it was just a lot closer. I think I would say the difference between the two. I didn't feel like Lawrence was, you know, exceptionally better than Fields and whatnot. I felt like it was, you know, pretty close. Um, I've seen a lot of Fields um, that I like. But, um, yeah, I, I think Zach Wilson, you know, I was a little unsure. There was a little, um, you know, it was unknown. You know, he struggled in that Coastal Carolina game. BYU, he looked good. Um, all around for them, but um, you're good. You can mute yourself if you need. Um, you know, Zach Wilson in this in this game, he was efficient. He completed a lot of passes. And one thing I'll say, it really seems to be efficient with Corey Davis. Corey Davis, the guy they brought in from Tennessee, he looked great last year, by the way, for Tennessee. He's been his number one target. He's targeted him a lot so far while he's been on the field. And that's something to look out for, both fantasy wise and you know, as a Jets fan. You know, Corey Davis right now, he's the number one receiver. Do I think he can be the number one receiver on a serious contending team? Probably not, but he's a strong number two. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if Wilson and Davis can really develop that good chemistry. If we can really see that good chemistry, um, it's going to be something to look out for. Something, you know, as a Jets fan um, that I'm excited about seeing. And, uh, you know, with Corey Davis, um, you know, he's still young. Uh, Maybe he can develop and and become that true number one. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. I think you're on mute, Rob. Yeah, yeah. My fault. You're good. Uh, yeah, former number five pick he is. Uh, I think what's interesting is he, he can, you know, fill that wide receiver one void because he sort of had his emergence and he's sort of getting himself paid off of becoming the wide receiver too after A.J. Brown, you know, came into the equation in Tennessee. So I think that, that'll be a really interesting storyline fellow, both, as you said, fantasy and, you know, in the AFC East. Yeah, he's definitely a fantasy guy I'm looking out for in those mid-rounds, trying to get a receiver for some depth. I like Corey Davis a lot. Um, any other performances uh, from these rookie QBs or anything in general um, that stood out before we jump to uh, another topic? A third, the Denver quarterback situation, naming Teddy Bridgewater the starter. Um, I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. I think for a coach like Vic, Vic Fangio, who outside of the quarterback position, you know, maybe you look around and say, maybe these guys do have a top 10, 15 roster in the league. Uh, I think, you know, he's 12 and 20 his last two seasons. I think, you know, getting, I think he's a guy who might need to go 10 and seven or nine and eight, or he might get fired. Uh, and I think, you know, going with the safer option in Teddy Bridgewater, where you don't have that crazy high variance of QB play, where you do with Locke, I think that, you know, it sort of tracks back and it sort of makes sense for the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, I think that decision, um, I mean, we've seen Drew Locke these past few years and I think last year was underwhelming for him. I think a lot of people, you know, especially after that rookie year, the rookie year, he exceeded expectations, but last year, I think people were expecting to see more of a jump and, and it really wasn't very different from that play rookie year. It was probably, honestly, you could even say it was worse to be honest. Um, so it was, it was, you know, depressing. And they went out, they got Bridgewater. They were linked obviously to, you know, Aaron Rodgers. obviously the Packers resolved that situation, but they could have drafted Justin Fields. They chose to take Pat Sertain. So, you know, we'll see if that's a decision that, you know, haunts them. It may be for the rest of, you know, the next 15, 20 years or so, however long Justin Fields is in the league. But, um, you know, I think it's the right decision. I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably the better guy. I mean, we saw him last year when Drew Brees was hurt um, or that might've been, was that two years ago? That was two years ago. He was in Carolina last year. So two years ago, um, that feels like so recent. That's crazy. Um, Carolina, uh, 
the whole Sam Darnold, it, you brought up, you just brought up passing on Justin Fields. Uh, I, I we mean, can jump to the Carolina. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, let me, let me, let me finish what I was going to say with Denver and then we'll, we'll go to Carolina. But um, yeah, I think with Bridgewater, um, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. He's not going to be some superstar guy. Um, you know, Carolina, he was pretty average last year. I mean, you heard him say after though, that they weren't practicing the, you know, red zone drills and, and practice. I mean, it seemed like a weird relationship there. It seemed like there was some turmoil or whatnot between him and Matt rule. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, with Bridgewater, I think, you know, he's a guy who can, you know, move that offense. He'll, he'll be able to function. Do I think he's that great? No. Could they have gone lock and seen if, you know, he looked like that, you know, potential guy that they thought he could turn into maybe, but I do think if they, if they saw that and if I feel like that, I mean, they said it was a super close competition, but to me, that means lock just wasn't, you know, he didn't make that jump. Cause if he made that jump, I, they would have taken the chance on him. They would have said, you know, drew lock, he's improving. Let's put him as the starter. No question. But for them not to do that to me, it just seems like lock still is, has just not progressed enough um, to be that franchise quarterback for them. I 100% agree with you because, you know, they would, they should be inclined to give lock the job. You know, he's their yeah. guy. He was a second round pick. You know, the front office would be thrilled to say, look at this second round pick turning to a franchise QB. He's done a lot. He's given all these opportunities. And still, with all that, with what you would think would be organizational backing, he can't win the job from a, you know, career journeyman at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the state of Drew Locke. But I know you wanted to talk about the Panthers and their situation. Obviously, they trade for Sam Darnold. He looked good the other day in preseason. Him and Robbie Anderson had that built-in connection from the Jets. I mean, when he left, was a little upsetting. He wanted to stay there and the Jets didn't get it done. But now reunited in Carolina, they have DJ Moore, obviously CMC. What do you like in there? And, and you know, your thoughts on whatever you were going to touch on. I'm not quite sure what it was. You know better than I, but I'm just not a big Sam Darnold believer. I'm not. And I don't think, you know, Sam Darnold, I get maybe taking a chance on him, but I think maybe in addition to taking a chance on him, or maybe not at all. Yeah. I think they have to have drafted one of the rookie quarterbacks. I mean, Justin Fields sitting there at eight, you know, maybe a month before the draft, you're thinking, no way. Like, this is a dream scenario for the Panthers. And then a month later, he's going at 11. So, I don't know. I just think I'd be a lot more confident in the Panthers roster with Justin Fields than Sam Darnold, essentially, is what I'm saying. I think that's fair. Um, you know, Darnold has not performed like the number three pick that he was drafted at. Um, that's for sure. But, Look, you got to look at the Jets. I mean, they had Adam Gase in there who, you know, just was not a good head coach at all. The O-line while he was there was atrocious. I mean, this this current year with Zach Wilson, the O-line actually looks decent. They obviously, Mekhi Becton looks fantastic. He was there last year, obviously. They drafted Elijah Vera Tucker with the 14th pick. He looks good. I mean, he's a beast. And they have some veterans to fill the rest of the spot. Morgan Moses is now there this year. He's a definitely an improvement. Um, but, you know, look, look with Darnold, you know, he never really had the talent that I think um, he does now. You obviously give him one of, you know, the best running back, arguably, in the NFL. Um, that's going to change things. You have two fantastic receivers. Tight end is a little weak, but it's always been the case with Darnold. He's never had a good tight end. The O-line is pretty pretty solid there. I mean, it's not good. It's not bad. It's kind of in that middle tier for me. I mean, it's just, you know, they got some veterans. They got some guys who can play. Taylor Moton, obviously, um, the best player there. He's a fantastic tackle. So we'll see. I think this is a make it or break it year, though, for Sam Darnold, which I think you would agree with. If he does not perform this year, that's, you know, it's probably over with that experiment. Um, you know, he's, he has no excuses now. He's got a, an offense with talent. He's got some of the best players in the NFL on that offense with CMC. 
He's got a decent O-line. The defense should play good. I mean, they, they've drafted a lot of young guys there. So this is, this is Darnold's year. This is a team that, you know, expects to be competing for a playoff spot. This is a team that expects Sam Darnold to play well. And if he doesn't, I think the Sam Darnold experiment with these teams is it, going to be over. I think there's no doubt about that. And I think you said, you know, that you, do we want to see how the NFC South is going to go? Do we want to tell, you know, people how we think? I mean, we can jump to predictions or we could, I wanted to talk about the Sony Michelle trade. Maybe we okay. can do that first and then jump yeah. to predictions. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty low risk for the Rams. Uh, I think, you know, they needed some running back depth. And I think, you know, the Patriots have a lot of running back depth. I hope so. It's good for me. Damian Harris is going to get more touches. He's on uh, my <laughs> fantasy team. So, yeah. Yeah, um, well, you know, I got screwed by it because I drafted Daryl Henderson, so I wasn't too happy about that. And uh, we can probably actually um, – we'll maybe go through our league, rate some fantasy teams. That's what we did last year. So maybe we'll do a fantasy football-type special, go through some of the leagues we're in, rate the teams closer to the season – but, you know, I think, you know, fantasy bias aside with Daryl Henderson, I think this is a smart move for the Rams. I mean, they, you know, Daryl Henderson, he's a guy who's kind of always suffered for in, from injuries. He's never been a guy who's been on the field 100%, and he's never had that, that running back one workload. Um, he's been in there for some games. He's looked good as well for some games. He's had games where you look at him and say, hey, this guy could be legit. Um, he's never had that chance, but he's always kind of banged up. And now you, you already hear he's got a thumb, a wrist issue early on in camp. It's kind of been nagging him. He, he injured it the other day. You know, the Rams can't can't rely on on him to be healthy. And, and they knew that with this move with Sony Michelle, this was a move that basically ensures them. To be honest, I have no idea what what the playload situation or, or what the workload situation will look like. Who's going to dominate? I don't think anyone does. I mean, I think early on the fantasy bias right now, people feel like Michelle will get the primary workload. I could see Henderson getting most of the workload because he's their guy right now. Um, what do you want yeah. to say? Certainly, but yes, like right now he's their guy. It's so close to the season. I don't really see Michelle serving him for that number one goal just yet. Yeah, I mean, I think Michelle is going to play uh, a solid role. I think he's going to be on the field a good bit. He's a guy who in New England really never got a chance, a true chance with that committee. They've always had guys. James White's always been there. They had Rex Burkhardt. I mean, they had Damian Harris, like you just said. Um, there's always been guys there. But the Rams now, obviously behind Daryl Henderson, if, if you put him number two, you know, it, it's a bunch of – Really, you have no idea what you're going to get with those guys. So that, that should yeah, be they, an excellent offense as well. So, I mean, he's going to get yes, a lot of we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that when we do our predictions in a second here. But um, like you said, I mean, when you got to have two RBs who are, who are capable of getting snaps. Daryl Henderson was not going to be able to snap, be on the field every single play. Um, so, you know, now you have that insurance with Michelle and Henderson that you're going to have an a NFL running back who is, you know, proven, who's a decent guy. Um, neither of these guys are superstars, but, you know, who will, who will take the, the bulk of the workload? I think Henderson will probably start as the main guy. I think he's the guy who you got to look at and say, hey, he's been their guy. He's been taking the reps. If he's healthy, he might get the bulk of the workload. But if he's not performing, do not expect them to keep riding with him. Sonny Michelle would be jumping right in there and be a guy getting a lot of workload. You know how severe the Cam Akers injury is? It's a torn Achilles, I believe. So he's out for the season. He tours a Sorry for being, excuse me for being a casual live. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize he, he tore his Achilles. I thought he was out for 10 weeks or so. But uh, Cam Akers is done for the season. So it's just going to be big boy Daryl and little guy, Sonny Michelle, um, taking the back load and the workload. But with that, um, we'll jump to, I guess, with the final part of our NFL talk today will be, is our predictions for the standings. 
Um, so we'll kind of just jump um, from AFC and, and go down. So AFC East, um, what do you think? Who, who's winning this division, Rob? I think the Bills are going to – Bills are going to win it, but you know, I could see. Yeah, I think the. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Going like thirteen and four or twelve and five, I think they're going to be a very good, probably the second best team in the AFC this year. Yeah, I think the Bills are. You know, for me, um, we've talked about it in the past on this podcast, but to, to you know, I kind of group the top three. To me, it's a big three in the AFC in terms of the teams. I think you got the Chiefs, I think you got the Bills, and I think you got the Browns. To me, those are the best three teams. And those are the teams to me that are the true Super Bowl contenders. I think the Ravens are, are really good as well. I think you, you can put them up there. But to me, I just think those three other teams are, are complete all around. You don't really see holes, specifically the Browns. I think the Browns are the most complete team, arguably, in the NFL. Um, what were you going to say? The Browns offensive line is unreal. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, they have five guys who literally – I mean, Jedrick Wills, a little unproven, but the rest of them could be all, all pro, pro bowl kind of guys. I think and, I was uh, a fan of Jazzy Cole's coming out. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. I mean, he's still very young, unproven. Um, for me as well, though, I think the Bills are the uh, are the team to beat in this division. Obviously, you got teams. The Jets won't compete this year. They'll be a last place. But Miami and, and New England, these are playoff contending teams. These are teams that will be right up there. Um, they're not on the level of the Bills, though. The Bills are a complete team. Josh Allen has taken that step. He's a superstar quarterback. And we're going to see the same success. Buffalo will be winning this division and looking to reach the Super Bowl um, this year. Next division we'll go to, um, we can hit the AFC North. I know we talked about uh, Browns-Ravens here a little bit. So who do you got in that division? I'll, definitely, I'll, I'll take the Browns. I'm, I, and I would take them to win the AFC, quite frankly. But I, I just can't pick a team with Baker Mayfield, a quarterback, over a team with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, or a team at Josh Allen. Quarter or a team with Josh Allen at quarterback. Uh, I think they're going to win the division comfortably. I think their defense is going to be outstanding this year. I think their secondary is going to be maybe the maybe the best in the entire league. Uh, I think you know they could even go fourteen and three this year. I I think that they will run the regular season. I think they're actually probably going to make the AFC Championship game. And probably lose to the Chiefs just like they did last year in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Browns are, I mean, Cleveland, you know, bias and, and whatnot aside, the, the Browns are, are complete as can be. I mean, you don't look at, there's no one position besides like kicker on this team that you look at and say, you know, they need a serious upgrade there. They address all those spots that you could look at in the offseason. The offense should be fantastic. I mean, you even look at the tight end room there, Austin Hooper, um, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant. I mean, it, it's just like every position just has great depth, running back, the best duo, Baker Mayfield's the only kind of question mark, but if anything, you know, if last year is any say of what he'll be this year, that Baker Mayfield, I believe, can lead the Browns to the Super Bowl. He was. It's a big year for. What were you saying? It is a big year for Baker. The expectations are extremely high this year. After you know the Browns make the playoffs, they win a game. You know the Browns, the Cleveland, they got a taste of that now. So now it, you know, the expectations for for this Browns team, to be honest, it's to make the Super Bowl. That that there's no more make the playoffs goal. It's the Super Bowl now with this team, especially with the moves they made. They bring in, you know, John Johnson, Jadavion Clowney. They draft Greg Newsom, JOK. They get that's a steal in the second round. What a great pick there. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Browns in this division are the best team. I think they'll win. I think the Ravens will be up there. They'll be in the playoffs for sure. Steelers, maybe. But um, the Browns should win this division pretty easily. I don't believe in the Steelers at all. I, I just I, – I actually can't believe they're bringing uh, Big Ben back again. <laughs> 
I mean, he looked a little agile the other day. I saw a clip of him the other day. You know, he was moving and weaving through the fence a little bit. I mean, he looked decent. He might have lost a little weight. Still, I agree that talent is not there. Najee Harris, a very interesting guy to look at, though, with them. Um, they're going to have a real running game with him now. Obviously, the O-line is not great, but with Najee Harris there, um, there's definitely some hope for, for change, at least. Big Ben definitely being the biggest question mark there, for sure. Uh, and this is not a slight towards the Ravens of all my uh, hyping up of the Browns. I think I'm a huge Lamar fan. I think he's a great quarterback. I just don't think that the rest of the offense is yet on par with the likes of the Browns, yeah. the Bills, or the Chiefs. Yeah. I agree with that. I think the defense too, you can look at, I mean, it's a good defense, but some of those guys, Marlon Humphrey aside, he's very young, but some of those guys are, you know, getting to the point where they're a little past their prime. They're getting up there in age. We can expect some sort of decline from guys like a Marcus Peters, Calais Campbell. I mean, I, those guys are due to, you know, slowly fade out. So um, it's not an in defense, you know, it's not a prime defense anymore. I, no. I think that's for sure. Uh, so All right. We'll go to the AFC South. Up. AFC South. Yep. What are you thinking? Now, I'm going to pick the Titans to win the division because I have a personal interest to root both for and against the Colts because, you know, the birds, they get yes. a first-round pick if Carson either plays 70% of the snaps and they make the playoffs or just plays 75% of the snaps, period. So, yep. once again, I saw him up close and personal. I don't believe in Carson Wentz at all. I think he'll definitely be better this year because it's hard to be worse than he was last year. He'll be in a better situation. He'll be with his old coach, Frank Reich. I just don't think he's a good quarterback, man. I really don't. Uh, I think he's a bad teammate as well. You know, there have been countless stories over the years that a lot of Philly people try to deny that, you know, the fact that he was a bad teammate turned out all to be true. But, yeah, I think the Titans have so much firepower on offense. It's unreal. I think A.J. Brown – I think they probably have two – I'm going to refrain from calling Julio a top 10 receiver until he you know, proves can, he can come back and do it consistently. But if he's anywhere close to the level where he was, they'll have two top 10 receivers. And obviously we know what Derrick Henry is. And I think Ryan Tannehill is a pretty good quarterback at this stage in his career. I'm going to go to the Colts here. Um, I truly, you know, Carson Wentz, I agree with you. I don't think he is, you know, that MVP candidate kind of guy anymore. I don't think he will be. Um, I think he's going to be better, though. Um, and I don't think the Colts need him to be an MVP candidate. You look at the Colts and their strengths on offense, it's not going to be the passing attack. It's going to be the running game. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is a budding superstar. He is, uh, you know, so talented. Marlon Max coming back. Who knows what they'll get out of him? Naheem Hines, you know, he's a great guy for them in the pass attack. He's, you know, fast, quick. Uh, Michael Pittman, I expect to make a, a jump this year. And obviously the O-line, you know what it is. It's going to be good. Um, and defensively, I think they're a very good team. Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, obviously the two superstars there. Um, you know, it's a good defense. It's a better than the Titans defense in my eyes. And, you know, the Titans, I think they'll be a playoff team. Um, you know, my worry with them is, you know, they added Julio Jones. They added Bud Dupree, but they also lost some guys. They lost Johnny Smith, who I think was a big part of that offense. They do have guys like Anthony Ferkser there who are, you know, good at tight end. But Johnny Smith was a good guy. Jadavion Clowney, he was underwhelming there, but still, you know, a piece there. Adoree Jackson, another kind of guy. So they did lose a bit. Um, and my one worry with Julio Jones, I mean, we already hear he's basically injured. I don't know if he's going to be playing week one at this point. I don't know if he's practiced really yet. Um, so I'm already kind of worried that, you know, we might not even see Julio Jones for a decent start of the season. So um, with that, you know, I think the Colts, obviously, you know, you do want to see Carson Wentz and Quinn and Nelson there 
healthy for them, for me to say that, you know, they're going to win this division, but it's looking like they're on track to play week one or at least week two, something quick. And, you know, the Titans, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I love Ryan Tannehill. AJ Brown's a beast, but you know, Julio Jones, that's supposed to be their, their game changer. Um, just banged up. He's still injured. We got him. If he is healthy, they can easily win this division, but if he's just going to be banged up, play a few games, I got to give it to the Colts. And that's what it seems like right now. I mean, it's definitely the, the, the biggest question mark for me is probably is definitely the defense. Uh, yeah. You know, it wasn't very good last year at all. It cost them a lot. And, you know, you can argue maybe it even got worse than it was last year. So, yeah. I mean, they drafted Caleb Farley. He should be good. They brought in Bud Dupree. They have nice pieces, but it's just not complete. You know, they have a few guys here and there. That's yeah, kind of with that. Right. It's, not a solid, it's not a cohesive unit. Uh, yeah, I'm still going to take the Titans because I think the offense is just yeah. very good. And I, I'm a big Ryan Tannehill believer. I was even in Miami, as crazy as that sounds. But, yeah. Uh, That's so fair to say. On to the West, which I guess is probably going to be the most competitive division in the AFC, a lot of people would say, outside of the North. Yeah, I mean, the West should be very good this year. I mean, I think personally, I'm really high on the Chargers. I love what Justin Herbert is doing. He's got a better O-line. I think this year they draft for Sean Slater. They got Corey Lindsley. So I'm excited to see what they do there. Um, Austin Eckler is going to be back healthy. Keenan's there. The defense should be good. They get Derwin James back. So I think they're a playoff team. Um, obviously, you got to pick the Chiefs here. I mean, that's pretty. That's probably the easiest one to pick. I mean, you're not going to pick against the Chiefs here. I know you'll say the same thing, but, you know, there's teams in this division that are good. The Raiders always seem to be kind of a 500 team. I expect them to be kind of similar this year. They're not going to be a playoff team in my eyes, but right around 500, sure. And, and Denver's a huge question mark. We have no idea. Denver could go win four or five games or they could win 10 games and be a, a serious contender in the AFC. We have no idea. So it should be very fun to watch, but Pat Mahomes and the chiefs, that's the team. Two things to watch in this division. Number one, it's the same thing with the chargers. Their success is contingent on their health. Always. It yeah. always has been for, you know, even dating back five, six years to the Phillip rivers era. I mean, obviously it was a quarterback three years ago. I'm just saying, you know, it's been yeah. long. Uh, they've had problems with, problems with their health. And I think, you know, Derwin James is clearly the backbone of that defense. And he's probably the best safety in the league, in my, in my opinion, when he's healthy. But even dating back to his Florida State days, he hasn't been healthy. I think so much of their success is relying on health. And I really, I really hope they do well, because I think Justin Herbert, you know, could solidify himself potentially as a top five quarterback after this year. And secondly, the Chiefs uh, ramped up a line. I think revamped their line. It, it looks completely different from last year. They went and got Orlando Graham. Uh, yeah, I think those are two huge things to watch in the in this division. It's going to be a good division for sure. Um, I'm excited to see what happens, but that's our division winners for the AFC. Now moving on to the NFC. We'll start with the East. I'm curious to hear what you have to say, but I'm going to go first. I'm picking the Washington football team here. I think they're the most complete team in this division. I think you can get, you know, starstruck kind of by the Dallas Cowboys offense. But we're already hearing the same stuff with Dak Prescott. He's got shoulder issues. The ankle's not 100%. We don't know if he'll be 100% all year. I mean, all these things come out. It just, you know, I don't know what to trust at this point. I think their offense, you can get, you know, a little starstruck by some of those guys. They got big names there. But the defense is going to be a huge question mark. You look at the football team. Obviously, Ryan, you know, Fitzmagic, Patrick, um, you know, I don't know what he'll do there. I, I don't think he's going to be amazing. He'll kind of be mid-tier, probably kind of guy, but they have weapons. They got Antonio Gibson, who a lot of people like. I'm not crazy on him, but I understand the hype. They got Terry, Scary Terry, McLaurin. They got Curtis Samuel now. I mean, the defense as well. I mean, that that front seven is incredible. 
um, one of the best in the league, if not the best, Chase Young. Excited to watch what happens with him this year. He should be a beast. So, yeah, I'm taking the football team. I think they're the most complete team in this division. So, I'm going to go with the Cowboys as much as it pains me to say because I think even Dak healthy for 13, 14 games is such an advantage over the other three teams because – as much as I like Fitzpatrick, I really do. I think he's, you know, I respect his career so much, what he's made out of himself. I don't think he's that guy for all 17 games to win you a division. If Dak can stay healthy, I think the Cowboys will win this division. And I have them going probably like 10 and 7 to do it. Or 9 and 8. I, I, I think the division is going to be bad again this year. And yeah. well, I, I think Washington's going to be good. I think the defense is going to be outstanding. I don't think there's going to be any doubt about that. But once again, the question mark for me just comes at quarterback. Uh, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick, is, is he really that guy to win your division? Uh, I don't think so. And then I actually have a bold prediction, if I might add. I think the Eagles yeah. are finishing ahead of the Giants this year. I think yeah. Jones will be the worst quarterback in football. <laughs> Carson Wentz taking uh. up. With Carson Wentz taking that step up, number 31 is going to drop down to number 30. <laughs> I think I, – I really do. I think the Giants are, are, are going to be abysmal this year. I think they're going to win three or four games. I think the Eagles are going to be abysmal, but they might do it in a five- or six-game fashion. Well, with all the Giants fans in this, you know, group of outside the arena fans, I, I love hearing that. I agree. I don't, I'm not high on the Giants. I'm a little higher than you. I don't think they'll win three games. I mean, I think they'll be a six-, seven-win team probably, but – I agree. I don't think Daniel Jones is good at all. I think, you know, this will be the last year. This will be it. That experiment will be finished. They'll be looking for a new quarterback starting next year. But yeah, Daniel Jones, um, that's the problem. That defense should be decent. Um, I don't think it's a top 10, but you know, it's not bad. They, they brought in Dory Jackson, pieces like that. They have Bradbury, who's a you know top corner. Leonard Williams is still there. Um, Blake Martinez is, you know, he, he tackles sometimes. Um, so, you know, they got some solid guys there, but the offense, you know, you got Kenny Galladay. He's, you know, should be all right. He's a little banged up though, but Saquon's coming back, but it seems like his recovery, who even knows? I mean, I don't think he's going to be playing week one from what I've heard. I don't even know if he's done contact yet. So that's kind of a mess. I mean, it, it, the problem is you have all these nice offensive weapons, but Daniel Jones is the guy who has to get these people the ball. So as long as that's the case and he's, you know, bad, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, Odell yeah. Beckham, or I guess I shouldn't say Odell Beckham, but like Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams. If Daniel Jones is the quarterback, it doesn't mean these guys, you know, Daniel Jones, is the, that's the guy, the main guy. That's And if Daniel Jones is the guy under center, the, like anywhere near the Daniel Jones we've seen the past two years, Giants are not going to be in the playoffs. So that's my shoe on that. I, I guess to his credit, although not really, their offensive line is still awful. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. But the problem is they've also missed on their – I mean, they put Andrew Thomas at the fourth pick. That's a miss. That's a reach, um, you know. They could have gone and picked, you know, Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Wills or Mackay Beckton. Any of those guys would be better. Generational left tackles for their respective franchises. Uh, yeah. Or, or right tackles. It's, uh, Tristan Wirfs is a right tackle, but. Uh, yeah. Tackles, I should have They missed. That, and that's the problem. When you miss on your picks, it's not going to go well. So their first round picks really haven't gone too well these past few years. I will say that as well. I mean, this year um, they bring in Kadarius Tony. That's, you know, interesting pick. I don't know how much he'll player fair into the equation doesn't seem like he's going to play too much but we'll see what happens with that but moving on we don't spend too much time on uh, on this nfc north will go to what do you got here i think the packers are going to win this division easily uh i yeah. think it's definitely going to be rogers last year there unless they win the super bowl um 
which I don't think I see happening either, but I think they're probably going to cakewalk the NFC North. I think the Bears, I don't think it's going to take them long to turn to Justin Fields. I actually have, but I, I probably have them having third, finishing third in this division. Uh, I think the Vikings, I'm hesitant to say they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll probably win like they always do, you know, eight, nine, ten games. Yeah. And that might that might be enough to get them over. It might not, you know, with the 17 playoff format. But I'll, I have mm-hmm. second in the division. And then last, I think the Lions will be terrible this year. Yeah. I think Jared Goff is not very good without, especially without Sean McVay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think the Lions are terrible. Yeah, I mean, the Lions, you look at the weapons there. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift are really the only guys who you can look at and say, you know, these are, you know, guys that for the future should be here. Um, they obviously have, you know, O-line is honestly not bad for them, but they're going to be last place, no doubt. Probably the worst team in the NFL, I'd say. Um, I agree with you. This is the Packers division. Um, Rodgers coming back. I mean, yeah, it could create turmoil, but he's there. And as long as he's there, you know, guys are going to be playing well. Devontae Adams, he won't have the year he had last year, if, especially fantasy-wise. If you're looking at fantasy, don't expect that. He'll be good, though. Aaron Jones should be good. Um, you know, I expect kind of a, a similar year. To me, I don't think the Packers – will win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I don't know if they're the best team in the NFC, but the NFC is a lot easier to win than the AFC. I'll say that. There's a lot less top-tier teams. I mean, now you have the Rams, though, where legit the Bucks obviously, are a very good team. That's probably the top three, though, with them, them two and the Packers in my eyes, um, which I think is an easier three to get through than the, uh, the, the Chiefs, Bills, Browns, personally. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Bears, like you said, Justin Fields, you know, he'll get in there maybe eventually. He should. Um you know, that's a team that, you know, barely made the playoffs at like eight and eight last year. They won't be doing that this year. Vikings, they're just kind of like a, not a mediocre team. They're better than mediocre because they're always like a playoff team, but it's just like, they're kind of like stapled in for the first round exit. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they won't play better than that. Kirk Cousins, you know, I think personally, I know he gets a lot of hate. He's proved a lot of people wrong. He's honestly become, you know, he's played pretty well these past few years and they have good weapons on that offense. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Defense is definitely a little sketchy, but, you know, I think those guys will play. Um, you know, pretty fairly well. I think, you know, they'll be fine for a playoff slot for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I kind of agree with everything you had to say there. So I guess we'll go to the NFC South. Yeah. Uh, once again, I don't, I think the Bucks are going to win this division. I know they didn't last yeah. year. They did beat the Saints in the playoffs though. Uh, I think the Saints are going to take a massive step back. Uh, I actually am a Jameis Winston fan. Uh, I don't know. I called myself a fan, but I believe in him more than most. I think they'll be solid. Maybe, you know, they'll win nine games this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they'll be fine, the Saints. But the Bucks. I mean, they're returning 22 of 22 starters from a Super Bowl team. How are you going to bet against them? I think the Bucks will yeah. win over 13 games this year, and I think they'll cakewalk that division. And I actually probably have the Panthers finishing in second over the Saints. The Falcons finishing yeah. last their defense. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, you know, that's pretty easy to, to determine. I think Falcons are, you know, not the not going to be competing for a playoff spot per se. They've got some interesting player storylines to watch, most notably Kyle Pitts. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the Bucks have this division. Um, I think, you know, look, they got off to a slow start last year, but you can tell when they clicked. And to me, that was, you know, they, they had that Chiefs game, and it was around then in the, in the second half or so. After that, you know, they were a fantastic team. This team, I don't even know if they lost after that, to be honest. I think they might have gone undefeated from then on out, uh, then on out. So they've clicked. They have that chemistry. At first, it was kind of a, you know, they, you've got all these random guys in here. Um, you got to figure it out. But now they have it figured out. They're a Super Bowl champion team. The defense is incredible. Todd Bowles does a great job there. 
the offense, obviously with Brady, you know what you're going to get. They're going to be explosive. They've got a great group of running backs there with, you know, um, you know, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, they bring in Gio Bernard. I mean, he's, you know, have him as RB three is pretty good. Um, so yeah, number one, I think the saints are the number two team in the division. Um, I believe in Jameis Winston. He's looked very good in the preseason. I think the thing that is going to hurt them offensively is just that Michael Thomas is not there. They don't have a true number one at all. Um, Alvin Kamara. I mean, teams are going to be coming in to the games knowing that, you know, Alvin Kamara, they're going to really game plan to shut him down. And if they do, They've got a good chance. Um, he's going to be that X factor until Michael Thomas is out. They need him to kind of be a superstar. The defense has always kind of been okay. It's never been amazing. They've got good pieces there, but um, they lost some guys. They obviously had to shed some salary, so they've cut guys who were you know, pretty decent contributors there. So I expect it to take a fall, but I still think they're better than the Panthers, and they will get Michael Thomas back, and I think when they do get him back, um, they'll at least be better offensively. Panthers, I like. I think they're competing for a playoff spot. Um, but Sam Darnold, it's a question mark. We don't know how he's going to fare. He's looked good, but, you know, can he keep that up against the ones? And, and the defense for me, um, you got some good young guys, but is he going to be able to put it together and, and build the top defense? Because I think for that Panthers team, they're going to need the defense to play well. They're not going to be able to be that dominant offensively to just walk to the playoffs. So that's kind of my take on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I still would have the Panthers finishing about the Saints, but I, I agree with most of the points you made. Uh, on to the West. This is the hardest division to pick for sure. Uh, how about how about? I mean, I kind of gave. I'll go first because I kind of gave mine away a little bit when talking yeah. earlier about the top teams in the NFC. So I got the Rams winning this division. To me, they're the best team in this division. Obviously, each team is competitive. They're going to be competing. Um, personally, I feel like the Cardinals are the worst team in this division. Um, defensively, I just don't think they're that complete. I know people like to look at, you know, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, you got all these big names, Pat Pete's there. And there. Oh, no, Pat Pete is on the bike. Sorry, Pat Pete left. Um, you know, guys are past their prime on that defense. That's what I'll say. Um, but, you know, Kyler, he's going to be good. They have a good offense. The O-line is still a little I, questionable. But my issue with the Cardinals is just that I think Cliff Kingsbury is not, is not an NFL in the NFL head coach. Yeah. I mean, the guy went 31, like 31 and 36 at Texas Tech or something like that. And he got yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of – Listen, he's not bad, but he's just not the guy that's going to elevate yeah. young quarterback like like a Kyler Murray. And I, I, I'd probably have to agree with you that the Rams are going to win this division. Uh, I think the Seahawks and the Niners are both going to be very good teams. I really do. And I think Trey Lance – I think there's a chance that Trey Lance even starts week one. And I think he's going to step right into that role. Uh, I think he's dominated Jimmy G in both camp in camp. He has looked a little raw in the preseason games. Uh, so maybe not week one, maybe week three or four, but I think he's going to be the guy for most of the season. And I'm probably going to have them finishing second in the division behind the Rams and definitely think they're going to make the playoffs, even with an inexperienced quarterback. And I think the Seahawks are going to be good too. Uh, I think they're also going to make the playoffs. So I think the NFC West is going to have two uh, wild card teams. Uh, I think, you know, can the can the Seahawks help Russ enough? And can Russ not, you know, maybe fold down the line a little bit as he has, you know, these past two seasons? Uh, you know, a lot of those times you'll hear Russ, you know, as a top three MVP MVP candidate, you know, by the end of week 10 and by the end of the season, he's not even there, you know, so he hasn't even gotten a vote. So if those two things, you know, can happen, maybe the Seahawks can even win this division and, you know, compete for an NFC title. Yeah, I mean, I'll just wrap this up before we uh, jump to soccer real quick to wrap the episode up. But, um, you know, Russell Wilson for me um, and the Seahawks, they'll be the third team for me 
in this division. Um, I just don't think they're that complete. I think you look at the Niners and, and they've got, you know, a quality offense and, and a pretty good defense. The Seahawks with me, I mean, they had, what, three draft picks this year, the least in the NFL. They're not really younger. Um, you know, they lost some guys. They lost Shaquille Griffin in free agency, I believe. Um, you know, they lost, you know, guys like that who are, you know, pretty important to the defense. So to me, I, I mean, I just don't think they really improved. I think they outworked this offseason. The O-line is, is not great. It's not gotten better. Um, you know, Russ Wilson is obviously still there. DK, Lockett, Chris Carson, solid. But the defense, I mean, you got your Bobby Wagner, you got your Jamal Adams. But outside of those two guys, the rest of the guys are kind of average and they're not that good. So to me, I just don't think they'll be able to lead the, the Niners. I think the Niners are more complete. I think we'll see Jimmy G in there for longer than you think. I mean, for me, Trey Lance, this is a guy who just missed his last college season. So you got to realize he hasn't had a lot of game action recently. I don't think you can throw him right in there and expect, you know, greatness. So I think with Jimmy G, you know, Jimmy G is, is passable. He led them to the Super Bowl. And that defense is not the same anymore. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he'll be able to get some wins for them, string together some wins. And I think Trey Lance just needs more reps. He just needs more experience, more work with the coaches just yeah. to, you know, get ready for, you know, NFL play because, you know, he had that one, you know, joke game last year, but that was it. And, you know, he played in not the best conference either. So he hasn't played against top tier competition. He's got to get used to that and adjust that. You can't just throw him, you know, deer in headlights into there week one and, 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 you know, be looking at, you know, I don't know who they play week one, but you know, maybe Aaron Donald's lining up and it's like that the dude's not going to, I don't think he'd fare well in that situation. It's just give him a little more time. I think that's what it is too with that. It's a longer, Jimmy G's not going to be there past this year, but you know, stretch it out. If Jimmy G can string together some wings, don't cross Trey Lance in there. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah. I mean, uh, All right. yeah. Yeah. With that, um, we know we're approaching a, a bit near an hour. So, I don't personally have too, too much to say, but I, I know Rob wants to talk about this and I'll mention, you know, a little bit on it, but the soccer transfer window has been kind of crazy. And I feel like we do have to touch on it because this has been the biggest news in sports. We've now seen in this transfer window, the two best players, arguably, I think, I mean, I think that's pretty consensus, honestly, at this point, um, it has been, or the two best players for honestly the past like 10 years, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Leandro Messi, both um, are, are leaving their teams that they've been with recently. Ronaldo, obviously not too much time on Juve, but they'll be going back to Man United, um, which is a big boost for them to me. I mean, they were very good last year. Um, you know, right. I believe they finished second in the, in the Champions League or whatnot. Too competitive to the title, but uh, it, yeah. it'll definitely help them. I, I still don't think, you know, they're on that top tier of contenders with other teams in the yeah. uh, league, such as Chelsea, Liverpool, City. Uh, so, yeah. That's, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo, it's going to be a big boost to me. I mean, Menu has had guys like Pogba recently. They've had good players, but Ronaldo's going to be that star player that, you know, they haven't had necessarily compared to like a Man City who has De Bruyne and, and Liverpool with guys like Van Dijk, Mo Salah. Um, you know, they haven't had that superstar in my eyes. I mean, I'm, I'm a ca extreme casual. I'll put that out there with soccer. I could be totally wrong. Pogba could be like the best player in the world. And I'm just going off like FIFA stuff right now. But, you know, from what I've seen, from what I've heard, um, you know, Pogba is not on that level of those kind of guys. And, and now you get them um, that boost. You get that superstar guy who is one of the best players in the world. And, you know, with PSG also, I mean, you can jump back to Ronaldo if you want. But PSG goes and adds Leo Messi. Now you got Mbappe, though, probably going to Real Madrid, which, you know, I understand. You know, obviously it sucks that he's going to have to leave his hometown team. But he's a kid who deserves to be the superstar in the team. And obviously with Messi and Neymar. I mean, those are two of the biggest names in soccer, if not, you know, the two biggest besides Ronaldo. Um, you know, he's going to be the third guy there, and, and he doesn't deserve that. He deserves to be the guy in the spotlight, the guy who, you know, all the fans are are in love with. Obviously, the French fans love him, 
But, you know, he needs to be the guy. And I understand why he wants to leave PSG now. But PSG, I mean, that'll be a boost as well. Super fun to watch. They obviously added Sergio Ramos as well. I mean, this team is – they've got some big names now, PSG. Probably the best – maybe the best transfer in, you know, in history of the sport. You know, they yeah. got Juan who was the player of the tournament in Euro 2020 as well. Uh, and Wijnaldum from Liverpool and Hakimi from Inter. Uh, so they should be the favorites to win the Champions League in any estimation. I think they'll dominate the French League, which, you know, it's not a very competitive league ever, you know. Another team just won it, you know, besides them in the last 10 years, only two other teams have won it. Uh, you know, I just think PSG will, should be the favorites to win in Europe, and I think they probably will. Messi will probably push them over the top. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's just with this whole soccer thing, you know, this is sort of we're seeing the effects of COVID, you know, in real time. You know, a lot of players are being forced to sell things. It's very different than American sports where, you know, the league might come in to help club or you know the revenue is distributed more equally there's a draft to make things more equal you know big in this you know the big clubs thrive and the little clubs you know struggle and who knows maybe we'll see something like that in american sports where you know some owners or they might not have as much money to pay players as they would like to or maybe in mlb that could be more realistic because of how the pay structure works there yeah that's what i was just thinking of i mean you look at even a deal, I mean, this obviously, obviously hasn't worked out too well for the Mets, but the Lindor trade, a smaller market club like the Indians, they're having to trade their superstar guys for, you know, younger guys. But that's kind of the difference. I mean, here, you know, in soccer, and it's soccer, the free agency and the way the transfers work, it's it's really unique. I mean, you're I, I was talking to my friend who's a big fan about it, so I would tell him um, the other day. But, um, you know, there's you can loan guys, you can rent guys. I mean, it's crazy, this kind of stuff. You're essentially just buying all these players. There's no like. I mean, there's trades, but it's not like you're not trading for like Leo Messi. It's like you're buying him from the other club. It's just so you don't see that in other sports. But I like what you bring up. I mean, I think, you know, all these top players are on these top teams and the teams that can afford them. Um, and, you know, it, it sucks for these smaller clubs because especially like you said with COVID, you know, they can't. There's no like, you know, real way for them to get, you know, the top young players. There's no like set draft for, for all these clubs. So they got to, you know, do what they can. And, and you know, obviously – um, we're seeing teams have to, you know, sell. I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, Barcelona has to sell Messi because they need the money. It's more like a Barca, you know, it was just time to go. Actually, they um, didn't even sell him. Uh, yeah, they barely got any money. They barely, I don't even know if they got much for him. Essentially, essentially what happened was he signed a contract and they basically said, we don't have money to pay you. And, <laughs> and he went to PSG. And now Barcelona is like investigated by the Spanish government because uh, they, you know, their old president, not the one they have now, but the old one, essentially committed, let's just say, like a lot of fraud. You know what I mean? He committed a lot of fraud. Uh, I, they're in some deep trouble right now, and it's just interesting, you know, to see what COVID and financial mismanagement, like we've seen here in the states, you know, can do to a you know once great team. Yeah, it's crazy to think. I mean, soccer's in a crazy spot right now, that's for sure, with this latest transfer window. I mean, it is having huge effects. Super exciting to see what happens there. Um, but with that, I think that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. If you haven't already, guys, please like, subscribe, comment on this video, give us any feedback, any suggestions, any things you want to see in the future. Obviously, um, if you're not new to the channel, you'll know we'll have guests on from time to time. We're working on uh, some bigger guests right now. So, um, you know, expect that. Stay tuned for that. 
You'll see weekly NFL predictions. Also, go subscribe to our second channel, OTA Clips. We haven't posted there in a little bit, but when there's more breaking news type stuff, if a trade happens, if a free agency period happens, you'll see content over there. So go subscribe to that channel. Go follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, outside the arena there. Go follow both of us on Instagram as well. The links to that will be in the description as well as the podcast Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. I mean, it's a weird thing. Mac Rommel normally does the outdoors. Maybe we'll get Rob doing them. But, um, you know, thanks for watching, guys. Um, you know, I appreciate the support. And uh, stay tuned. A lot of fun stuff coming in Season 2.